Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Tuesday the 20th of August. Coming up, vigils held for missing boy as volunteers told to stop searching. Thank you all so much. With all of our hearts, thank you. We hear from residents 75 years after a ship carrying explosives sank. To us, it's this thing that's out at sea and it it can't really touch you unless someone disturbs it. So it's not really something that we were living in fear of. And pop star from Ramsgate speaks out about being bullied. After school, I was like heavily into my dancing and my singing, my acting, and I was just always doing shows. So I did try to not let it get me down. Kent Online News. First today, we're bringing you an update on the search for a missing six-year-old boy who fell into the river Stour at the weekend. Lucas Dobson was swept away while trying to step from the jetty onto a boat while on a family fishing trip in Sandwich on Saturday. Three adults jumped into the water after him, but the current was too strong and they couldn't find him. Emergency crews, specialist teams and hundreds of volunteers have spent the past three days looking for him, but police are now asking members of the public to stop. They're focusing the search on the river itself and are worried about people's safety, so we're urging everyone to stay away from the area. Last night, candlelit vigils were held along the Kent coast for Lucas, with many turning up wearing red, his favourite colour. His dad Nathan spoke to the crowds. Thank you all so much. With all of our hearts, thank you. Anna was at the vigil on Deal Pier and told us what it was like. Absolute display of um, community spirit um, in Deal last night at the vigil for Lucas. Must have been about um, a couple of hundred people that come down to the pier um, to show their support for his mum, who also attended. It was really, really emotional and um uh, one of the family members did a speech, um, thanked everyone, and just a really, really sad, sombre occasion, but an absolute outpouring of love from the community. You can follow all the latest updates on this story at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online reports. Elsewhere today, detectives searching for a woman who went missing from Tunbridge Wells have found a body. 30-year-old Sabrina Gocher disappeared on Sunday. Officers found a woman on Church Road last night and are now trying to work out how she died. It's been revealed almost a quarter of inmates at a Kent prison failed random drug tests. 22% of those behind bars at HMP Elmley on the Isle of Sheppey tested positive during an unannounced screening in April and May. A report says the jail is not good enough across all aspects of prison life, but we're told plans are in place to tackle the issues. Now, as the Brexit deadline gets ever closer, we're looking at how prepared Kent is for a possible no deal. Over the weekend, leaked documents warned of a potential meltdown at ports like Dover if the UK leaves the EU without an agreement. Phil's been down in Folkestone to speak to John Keefe from Eurotunnel. We took a view from the day of the referendum that we should prepare for the worst possible outcome. So we have. So we've been investing, we've been building, we've been recruiting, we've been training. Um, we've spent 15 million euros so far on making sure that our terminals are ready to keep moving truck traffic at the speed it does today 
even with all of the additional controls that will be necessary in a no-deal Brexit. And of course, there have been a lot of stories um, in the last few weeks. Of course, yesterday, um, some leaked government documents saying that you know there could potentially be delays of two days. It's is it you know just a case of building up hysteria? Or is this you know real palpable things that you know you have to be looking at yourself? Well, looking at the worst case, what we've we've done is make sure that on our terminal that doesn't happen. So when trucks get to us, they will go through here as they do today. There'll be some additional controls done that we'll need to scan their customs documentation. We'll send that to the French authorities. They will decide when the trucks arrive in France what they want to do with them. But in essence, all of that will work. Where the concerns are, where the questions are still being asked is, are all of the exporters and importers ready? They're the ones who have to produce the customs documentation. We can scan it, but they have to produce it first. And that's where the concern lies at the moment. Do you feel prepared enough by the government? Do you think the government over the last few months have been doing enough and working closely enough with you to ensure that you guys are ready? Well, we've been working with the governments on both sides for the last three years. Um, all of our infrastructure and all of our training was completed in time for the 29th of March departure date. So we've been ready for months. Um, the, we also took the, the worst case situation from the very beginning. So we've been preparing for that worst case outcome. So we're confident that within our terminals, we're ready. And of course, you're just touching on there the fact that it got extended um, from March to October. For you guys, was that just a case of pushing everything you had planned further back? Or was there more preparations that needed to be made, you know, in that eventuality? Um, we, we were ready, ready, ready for the 29th of March. So what we've done since then is really um, more training, more drilling. So we've built in some additional um, sort of productivity gains during that time, which is good news. But nothing fundamentally different has been done. Um, we're still waiting to, to be sure that everybody else is, is registered, um, that they've all got their IORI numbers, that they know how to operate the customs um, processes on both sides. That's what the, uh, the concern would be in the future. The trucks that are ready will go through here just as easily as they go through here today. So just finally, if you've, you know, we've got a lot of lorry drivers, a lot of people who maybe want to go to France on their holidays, what would your advice be to them in the lead up to October and then from the months leading afterwards as well? But the, the only advice you can give at the moment, because we don't know what the outcome will be, is make your best preparations. Um, look at the government websites. Look at the information which is available. Make sure that you are as prepared as you can be. If you want to trade with the EU, if the UK becomes a third country, it will be different. We're ready to accommodate anybody who's ready for that. It's, it's up to each organisation, each individual, to make sure that they're properly informed. Um, we've been pushing the government to make more of the communication, um, to do more sooner. Um, that's what needs to happen next. Despite those reassurances, not everyone's convinced Kent will be able to cope with a no-deal scenario. Lib Dem MEP for the South East, Anthony Hook, has also been speaking to Phil at the Folkestone Terminal. We've heard that Eurotunnel are working really hard, but there's still potential for huge problems. We've heard there's a quarter of a million small businesses who are going to have a mountain of extra red tape and paperwork, and 80% of them aren't ready yet, and there isn't time now to be ready. We've also heard that there's, there's huge 
problems depending on how much French passport control will need to do, whether they'll have enough officers to do the passport checks. We've heard there's a matter of law, French customs will have to do more checks, there's going to be lots of delays. We've heard that British tourists take their pets to Europe are going to have huge problems, will now have to get more injections and start veterinary procedures months in advance. And we've heard that if you were planning to say to go to Europe at Christmas to take your dog, you're probably not going to be able to do that because you would have needed to start the medical process already. None of these things were what people voted for. None of these things were what people were led to expect by the Leave campaign. They just totally misled people. We should stop Brexit as soon as possible, my view, and put it back to the people for people to make a decision based on the facts, whether we want to go ahead with this madness or to stop Brexit, which is what I would like to do. And just finally, with all the information, the facts you've got now, what are you looking to do? Is it just to basically inform your constituents and what are they hoping to take away as well? Well, as an MEP, I can go to the European Parliament and ask the Commission to do what it can to make these things work smoothly. But really, it's in the hands of the British government. It's Britain's Brexit. We've started this process. So what I'm going to do is try and make people as, as aware of it. Because I think a lot of people in Britain have got no idea. I've learned a lot of new things today. People don't know how bad it's going to be. So I'll use my position as an MEP to try and make more people aware so that people can put pressure on their MPs in the UK Parliament to stop this. We know that Boris Johnson, our unelected Prime Minister, has got a very small majority. He might soon have no majority at all. And I think actually we're all losing confidence in the Tory government and there ought to probably be a general election so we can have a different government that will stop Brexit. It's now just 72 days until the UK's due to leave the EU. Kent Online News. The dad of a woman from Rochester caught up in an explosion in Cambodia, says she's had surgery and is now in intensive care. 22-year-old Zoe Elefthereu was going past a petrol station when a fuel tanker exploded. National Grid's blaming a big power cut earlier this month on a lightning strike. It affected nearly a million homes and businesses across the country, including in Medway. People were forced to leave dockside outlets in Chatham and some southeastern trains couldn't run. The regulator Ofgem is going to look at whether energy firms broke any rules. Today marks 75 years since an American Liberty ship sank off the Kent coast during the Second World War. The SS Richard Montgomery went down in the Thames estuary a mile off Sheerness in 1944, loaded with explosives. It's regularly monitored and surveyed each year to check the danger the 1,400 tonnes of bombs still on board poses. 20-year-old Ellis Stevenson grew up close to the wreck on Sheppey. I think it does seem like a scary thing but as a, as a child um, it, it doesn't necessarily, it, I mean to, to us it's this thing that's out at sea and it, it can't really touch you unless someone disturbs it so it's not really something that we were living in fear of. Um, I don't think many people nowadays are scared of it going off because although it's got loads of explosives on it still, um, I think that it might not necessarily be that easy to set it off unless somebody tampered with it. Um, but as I say, it's not really something that we um, that we're all that scared about, and um, we sort of it doesn't stop us living our lives. It's something that you weren't necessarily taught at school about but do you think it is important that particularly people who are living on the island in that the shadow of this ship that they learn about it and are aware of it at least it's been quite interesting to hear some of the stories from from relatives about they when they're moving to the area when they were younger my my grandmother said that she knew it had happened but 
again, it really didn't stop her living her life because it um, it just seemed like this this thing that was out and could it couldn't really hurt hurt you unless unless it went off and that was a different story but um yeah it, it's it's never stopped anyone living their lives and it's it's a bit of a tourist attraction now because there's um there's pe- people come here the island has quite a high holiday population and people come here to spend their summers away from the city and people start to learn about it a bit more the wreck when they when they spend a bit of time on Sheppey and there's this sort of um, fascination with it. So it's it's quite nice to hear not only people like me who've grown up here and um, it's been part of our, our culture every day, but for people visiting and holiday makers coming over here and enjoying the sea, it's nice for to see that they see it as more of a tourist attraction rather than a danger to anyone's life. Obviously, it's being surveyed every year. Do you, do you feel reassured that it, it will remain obviously in a stable condition and there isn't like a big threat as such? Yeah, the, um, the, the work the government does, I think, almost every year um, to survey it and to keep it under under observation is is encouraging because they sort of make sure that you know we'll we'll be safe at the end of the day and that we won't um we won't be in danger but i don't think we can be blind to the fact that although it's a nice story and it's quite a nice um nice tale for islanders to think that um the, the montgomery is um is is quite close by um, I, I don't think islanders can be blind to the fact that it does carry a danger and a risk all the time it's there going off, however slight that might be or however small that might be. And um, I think that it's important we acknowledge that as well, as well as the sort of more lighthearted side of it, being a tourist attraction and bringing bringing people over to the island to sort of learn more about it. You can read more about the SS Richard Montgomery and the risk it could pose in our story online. Kent Online reports. Work started on nearly 200 new flats in Chatham. It's all part of the £650 million regeneration of old dockyard land. There'll eventually be 950 homes as well as offices. A driver's been given a ticket for splashing people in Maidstone after she went through a puddle. Police stopped a Nissan Duke on the A20 near Bairstead yesterday afternoon. And a singer from Ramsgate says being bullied as a child made her a stronger person. Alice Chater is on her way to becoming a big name in pop music and has already worked with the likes of Will I Am and Celine Dion. The 24-year-old recently secured her first record deal and is now planning her debut album and preparing for her first headline tour. But she's told us her time at a school in Broadstairs wasn't easy. It all started when I was like playing netball and um, there was a lovely girl there. She um, she had some learning difficulties and she found sport really difficult. Um, and I remember she caught the ball for once and it was so difficult for her to catch a ball. Like, and for her to catch this ball in, net, in netball was like amazing for her. And I could see on her face how incredibly like excited and proud of herself that she caught the ball and this bully this girl came straight up to her and just snatched the ball and pushed her and kind of laughed at her and like ruined that moment for her and in that seconds like I just snapped and I just I shouted at the girl the bully and I was like 
what the hell are you doing? How can you do that? She, you clearly, you clearly can see like she's she's managed to like catch the ball for once, and she's really excited about it. Don't do that. And I kind of stuck up for her. And then from that moment on, this particular girl at school made my life hell. She came up to me. And she was like. Now look what you've done. Your life from now on is going to be a living hell. And I remember at the end of the day of that school, I um, came out of class and this particular girl got about 50 students and waited outside school, right, with like 50 students just standing there, just calling me names, saying like, uh, because I've got quite big features as well on my face. So I was always made fun of like my mouth and my lips and um they were just they were just disgusting and were like they didn't actually they didn't come up and beat me up though but they were like waiting for me and I kind of was like yeah yeah it was like mentally like you know there were just 50 of them standing there like laughing at laughing at me and I was like you know what 50 of those those girls and there were boys there as well and you know they were just laughing because I because one particular girl was like, okay, we have to make this life girl's this this girl's life hell now because she's stuck up for this this other girl, and you know, like that has made me such a strong person today because I don't care like how much trouble it gets in. If I see something that is that I that I don't agree with, then I have to. I will always stick up for people because I can't see that kind of behaviour, and I think that's what kind of got me into trouble and then from that kind of like day forwards they were they just made my life hell really um and it was it was really horrible but I kind of always went to after school I was like heavily into my dancing and my singing my acting and I was just always doing shows and always doing shows outside of school as well so I was like fully like immersed in that so I did try to not make it um let it get me down I was obsessed with Celine Dion and singing like you know the top note and all by myself and like trying to like mimic her and like I was just like obsessed with how big her voice was and how much she could do and like how much emotion she could put through her voice and I was um amazed when when I was asked to support her because she is like me and my family's like idol. My my parents love her too, so that was definitely the most amazing point so far. And then meeting her as well, like, was just ridiculous. Like, I, I, <laughs> she, I kind of like called out her name because we were at backstage, and she came over to me and like took my hands, and I just burst out crying. And she was so worried about me, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, are you okay? Are you okay?" I was like, "I'm, I'm fine. I'm so sorry. I couldn't even talk, like, because it was just meant so much to me." And I think she she could see that, and um, she was just so elegant and graceful, and she was just lovely to me. So I that was just a really great a great moment in my career so far. That's it for now, but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.